we're doing a series on the book of Psalms. And if you've ever read this book of Psalms, you probably read last week's because it was Psalm 1. We're going to jump around a little bit. The Psalms are a little different than, than some of the other scriptures. There's, there's different types of literature in the Bible, which you may not know when you first pick up a Bible, but there's, there, there's different books. And Psalms is a book of poetry. It's a book of songs. Uh, and, and so it's a little, little different pace than normal. Now, there's 150 Psalms. So this series is going to be 152 weeks. No, maybe not. Uh, it, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to go through the, uh, some psalms. We won't go through them all. You could still submit psalms if you have a favorite psalm. Uh, although sometimes the themes overlap, so I can't guarantee you we'll use your psalm if you submit it, especially Justin. But <laughs> for the rest of us, no. Ah, oh, just kidding, just kidding. He knows I love him. Uh, <laughs> now there's five, you know, and it's, there's all these things. I, I tend to want to tell you all the facts and things about psalms, and some of them probably don't matter to most of you, but if you go through the book of Psalms, there's like different books of Psalms within the Psalms. Maybe you've noticed that, maybe you haven't. Uh, and so uh, there's all kinds of theories as to why that is. Um, I'm not going to figure it out today, but today we're going to be in the second book because we're going we're gonna to jump ahead a little bit to Psalm 46. And maybe next week we'll divide that by two and get to 23. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know where we're going exactly. No. Um, but, you know, I like the psalm that I chose today. And this is like one of those psalms that I often choose um, for funerals. And some of your, I'm not saying yours is coming, but <laughs> it will eventually. That, <laughs> you know, but I think this psalm speaks to, to a lot of things. You know, 2020 was an interesting year, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's like not one of those years you're going to be excited to talk about in the future. It's going to be one of those like, what was that? I hope, because I'm hoping it doesn't happen again. I don't really hope it gets so normal that we think uh, things. Anyway, so, you know, it's, it's easy to be scared in 2020, right? There was this thing called the pandemic. You know, anyone? No one realized we had that. There was masks. I still, I pull up to church. I'm like, oh, I don't have a mask. I'm like, wait, I don't have to wear a mask. Uh, <laughs> but, it, you know, I don't know how long I'll do that. Uh, so a lot of people were scared of that. You know, and if you weren't scared of that, you know, maybe you had some conspiracy theories. Maybe some of you are conspiracy theorists. I have some friends who, who were kind of like terrified that, you know, all kinds of evil forces were lurking behind. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone was just a bit on edge in 2020. And so, you know, I, I think most of us want, you know, peace and happiness. When you were a kid, did you ever have like the magic eight ball? Yeah. No? <laughs> Sorry, man. It, you know, but if you had the eight ball, my friend had it. I didn't have it. And so you, you, what do you do? You shake it. And what question, kind of questions do you ask? <laughs> yes or no questions. Um, not essays. You know, but you'd ask things like, you know, will I be rich and famous someday? Does this person like me? And, and generally, you're, you're kind of asking questions that will make you happy, right? Like, like you, you, most of us want success. Most of us don't wake up and go, oh, man, I, I really hope I fail at life. Um, most of us want to be happy. There was a song a few years back, uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy, Man. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing the rest. Uh, or maybe if that, that's not your style, Hakuna Matata. I mean, that's a problem-free philosophy. Uh, anyway, um, most of us want happy. Most of us want happiness. Most of us want security. But the question is, how do you get happiness and security in a world that's often full of things other than that? Um, and, and so it, Psalm 46 says, and uh, we're going to kind of read the whole thing and then we'll come back to it. 
Um, but you, you will notice in the Psalms, there's like, for the choir director, a song of the descendants of Korah to be sung by soprano voices. Uh, there's these like notations. Again, these were songs, and so there's like ancient notations as to sing it. Now, I was going to sing this, but I'm not a soprano. Uh, you know, so no, I'm kidding. Uh, and there'll, be, there'll also be a word in here that, you know, the, the New Living Translation translates it interlude. Uh, most translations leave the word salah in there. Now, people will tell you they, they know exactly what this means. Um, I've heard almost whole sermons on it, but they don't really know because we don't know. <laughs> but it, it's sort of a musical notation. It's, it, it's, we think it's kind of a pause for contemplation. So when I, when I say salah, we'll pause. So I'm not awkwardly losing my place. Uh, Psalm 46, starting verse 1, says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Salah. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of the day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of the heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Selah. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of the heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Selah. <laughs> it's okay, we love hearing kids. Uh, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Now, if you think much about the Reformation, and I know you do, you spend considerable time studying it. Um, <laughs> I said no one ever. No, there's a few of us. I actually have a cool book someone gave it to me about it. But you might, we most likely think of a guy named who? Martin Luther, that's good. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but you know, and if you think of Martin Luther, you probably think of Book of Romans, sort of this rediscovery of justification by faith. Uh, but really, uh, you know, he, he really loved the Psalms too. And it was interesting because he wrote a particular song that, that maybe you know, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. A Mighty Fortress is you don't know it? I could tell, like, anyone grew up Methodist? I could tell, because you, you could sing that song. <laughs> or I know there's other traditions that sing it. Even the Catholic Church sings it now. <laughs> so uh, it, it's, it, it's, it, it's a great, you know, song based on, you know, Psalm 46. Um, and I, I've often, I often, re again, I, I read this psalm at funerals because people find it comforting that in hard times, you know, to know that God is a stronghold, into which we can flee. And in hard times, God is our source of strength. Now, in life, we're often afflicted and suffer. There's hard things. You know, uh, we've, we, and we, but we find that God is our help. We find that God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. You know, and it, it's funny because I often trust in myself. Like, that's my default value, right? Like, I grew up in a, in a culture where it's, it's, it's sort of, it's good to help yourself. So if my car breaks, I try to fix it. You know, sometimes I have to go to the mechanic because it's beyond me. 
and YouTube, because thankfully there's YouTube, because you can learn to do just about everything on YouTube. But, but I naturally, I want to fix it, right? And, and like when I have a problem, I, I tend to want to, yo, I'll solve it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> some of you got that, some of you don't. But, you know, there, there's something about kind of solving things that are on our own. Maybe that's part of being a, 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 a man in our culture. Uh, some of us are better at being interdependent, but, but you know, we, we want to do these things. We often trust ourselves, but ultimately, you know, I can't fix everything. I can't do everything, and I often have to involve friends. I have to involve Bob when I'm building things or if things get crooked. Uh, you know, I have to involve Bob also when I'm fixing my car. I'm seeing a pattern here. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we have to, to get help because we, we can't do everything on our own. And ultimately, we have to trust God for our strength, not just in ourselves. Jesus said, you know, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Uh, and it's only through God and his power and his strength that, that we, can, we can live the life that we're called to live. It's important to learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's important to learn to walk in that strength. And, you know, God is our help even when the worst comes upon us. Uh, and this is what verses 2 and 3 kind of lead to. So, so we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Salah. Now, most of you, I think sort of the picture of this is the end of the world. You may or may not have ever seen the movie. I had to Google. I can never remember the name of the movie. So I was like, I Googled the movie. I was like, what's the one where the, you know, the, the, the comet hits the earth or whatever? And it was Deep Impact. And, you know, this is not Deep Impact Church. This is Deep Water Church. You've seen it? You haven't seen it? Yeah, I can ask the Nemechecks because you guys have probably seen it or would know any movie. Uh, anyway, if, if you were to watch the movie, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Uh, now, it's funny. I Googled it last night and, you know, trying to figure out, I was like, what was that movie called again? Uh, and, you know, you have those, those questions people ask. One of them was, was Deep Impact real? No, because we're still here. <laughs> but in the movie, uh, you know, it's sort of a dramatic thing, and I, I, I replayed the clip, and, and the comet kind of hits the earth, and they're standing there, like, by the ocean, and the sea recedes. And if you know anything about waves and things, when the ocean disappears in front of you, Pray. You, you don't even have time to run. <laughs> Just pray. Uh, and so, you know, it's this dramatic sort of thing, CGI, it wasn't real. But, but you know, and in the movie, nearly everyone panics. Why? Because the end is near. Like, you, there's nowhere to run. <laughs> you know, there, there's, well, there's a few places. It's sort of this end of things. And, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, life is like that. The foundations of our established worlds are shaken. Chaos seems to come again. So most of us aren't facing a tidal wave. Most of us aren't, you know, worried about a comet hitting the earth. But metaphorically, it kind of does. <laughs> Some of us don't know. Uh, and ultimately, in that time, what do we find in what do we find security? Now, a lot of people, we turn to what? We should turn to Jesus. <laughs> but, but, that's the right. That's always the right answer. But a lot of times in America, who what do we turn to? Things. We like our money, right? You know, it's uh, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> we 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 work hard to increase bank accounts, stocks, other things. You know, but ultimately those things can't protect you, right? They just rust. They they they, they go away. Uh, you know, uh, for some it's our talent, our education. 
Like we think, okay, well, uh, you know, because I'm educated and I know how to do stuff, uh, you know, ultimately nothing will come against me. Uh, it can. <laughs> for, for some, it's family and friends, business connections. Those are all good things. But, uh, but ultimately, our only source is, and now Andy. <laughs> you know, it was, it was funny yesterday in the men's group. Um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I forget what we were talking about exactly, and it came up. But Andy, Andy said the line, uh, it's all about Jesus. And I smile, because if you've heard me preach once or twice, and some of you have, I occasionally mention this guy named Jesus, <laughs> and I occasionally say, you know, we have, a, we have a, a, you know, saying, even when our kids were little, we'd be like, oh, it's all about me, because they knew to say, no, it's all about Jesus, because that, that's ultimately who we can trust in. You, you know, you, you can trust in me to fail you. <laughs> I, you know, there, there's a day you'll call, and I won't call back quickly enough. There's a day you'll have some need, I won't be able to meet it. You know, and that's everybody in life and everything in life. You know, it, it's great to have money. Like, you know, if you have some in your bank account, it makes life a little easier. You know, it, it's nice when your car breaks if you can afford to fix it. it. You know, all these things are not bad things, but really the only thing we can trust in is God. And, and my experience is, when it's all kind of wrapping up, and you're laying there, and it's, the end is coming, and I've had the privilege of sitting with people in that time, and often it's, 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 it's this moment where people are like, well, what do you say? I listen a bit. <laughs> we talk a bit. But you know what we always come back to? Jesus. Because in that moment, that's what matters. Now, and, and that's ultimately the source of our strength. You know, everything else goes bad. Milk in your fridge turns to yogurt. Uh, vegetables. They turn to goo. I wouldn't drink that health shake. You know, a beautiful new car. Anyone get a brand new car ever? And then like 10 years later, you're like, this piece of junk. <laughs> right? Like, because that's what happens. New, new or new to you. I, I tend to get new to you. Uh, uh, and that's everything. Now, there's a lady named Elizabeth Elliot, and some of you know who her, she is when I, when I say that name. Uh, there was a, I think it was called End of the Spear. What's the movie name called? You're letting me down. <laughs> but uh, I believe it was End of the Spear that, that, that tells the story, and I remember reading about it. But they were basically going to the, and I don't know if I'm saying Alka, Alka Indians, uh, and they were in South America, and they were an unreached people. They kind of didn't have contact with anybody. They landed, tried to make contact. Didn't go well. Uh, you know, and, and all the, the Americans were killed. And, and she was, a, you know, a, a young bride, and so Jim Elliott was killed. Uh, and then so she, has a, she gets married later, second husband, Addison, uh, and again, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, because I don't know him, Leach, Leach <laughs> uh, who actually slowly died of cancer. So here's a woman who's had a husband die quickly at the end of a spear, and then a husband die slowly uh, of cancer, and for those of us who've been through that, it's difficult. And she loses one quickly, one slowly. Uh, and I think that's the kind of thing, you know, you really, she could probably teach any of us about what it's like to go through something hard, right? She's been through, through things. She says this, referring to Psalm 46. Everything that has seemed most dependable has given way. Mountains are falling. The earth is reeling. In such a time, it is a profound comfort to know that although all things seem to be shaken, one thing is not. God is not shaken. So the world can seem to crumble around us. 
Every, everything that we, that we hold dear c- can fall and crumble, but ultimately, we can have hope in Christ. We can have hope in God. A- and there will likely come a day when your world is rocked. <laughs> Some of you have had that recently. A- and it, it's easier then if you learn to put your hope in Christ now. We trust Him, and, and often we talk about we trust Him with our eternity, right? But many of us struggle to trust Him with our daily life and our decisions. And, and the more we can put our hope in him now, the easier it is when, when things fall apart. Um, verse 4 says, A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. For the very break of day, God will protect it from the very break of day. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Salah. Now, um, you know, that, that, that first, in verse 4, this, this picture of a river, you know, I, I think probably the picture then is, is sort of water that waters crops, you know, that, that brings life to any place. And we've talked about that, that. In fact, you need water for life, right? Like, you can't live long without water. You know, water, you know, when, when there's water, the, the valley in the the plants are all kind of lush and in bloom. I picture sort of lazy river because that's more like the American version of the river. Everything gets, we don't know where our groceries come from. They just show up at the store packaged. <laughs> you know, so picture lazy river floating on a tube, drinking a soda. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, a river, it, it's, it, it's, it's refreshing. It, it brings life. It, so the river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. Now, if you're a student of Bible history and archaeology, and I know most of you are, right? You're reading that in this, I know. Well, I know a few of us are. <laughs> but uh, I, I, there, there's actually something like the Hezekiah Tunnel. Ever hear of that one? It's actually like, and it's all kinds of crazy statistics about how they dug this thing. Uh, basically, it was dug through so, so that the spring could come into Jerusalem so they'd have water. So like when a, another army would come up against you, you you'd have a water source because that's important. Again, water is life. And when it, so in attacking armies there, you need fresh water. And, and so this was like a, a tunnel to get it in. There's all these complicated things. To get. Now, I've seen pictures of it because you can actually still go through it today. I, I would love to go to Israel. So anyone ever been to Israel? You just make me jealous for a moment. <laughs> uh, you know, but I guess you can go through it. But I looked at the pictures. I don't know about that. Like, I'm a big man. I don't know if I want to go. I, I have a little bit of claustrophobia. Anyone? Can I get an amen? Uh, I, you know, when I was young, people thought I was, like, I was like tough and I would fight to get out of wrestling. You know, when I was down, I was always shooting up and everything. It wasn't that I was like, you know, you know just super intense. It was just I'm a little claustrophobic. I didn't like being held down. <laughs> so it was my, my social phobia, my phobias that, that got me out of things. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I've seen pictures and some of it looks, t- I don't know. I'd probably try it if I got there. I'd relax. You know, the Lord is my fortress, my strength. <laughs> but, you know, uh, in the ancient world, you know, if you had resources, it was, it was, it was easier to defend. And, um, you know, I was thinking about that because I was thinking about, you know, this, scholars try to, it's interesting because I, I taught a class on the Psalms, and so I really had to study them in depth when I was teaching uh, the course. <laughs> and it was interesting because, you know, sometimes I hear pastors say with surety, this Psalm was written at this, and this, there's some of them kind of give us, tell us when they were written. Some of them are, are kind of guesses. And I, a lot of us believe, and scholars have kind of, when they study the Psalms, they try to figure out, okay, what 
prompted this? Or, or what echoes of something do we see in this? And, and really, there's possible echoes of, of 2 Kings uh, 18 and 19. And some of you may have read this, the story of a guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, I'm going to tell you a little of the story, and then I'll, we'll read a little chunk of it. But uh, a guy named Hezekiah. And, and you know, he, he returns Israel to, to their God because his dad had kind of gotten things off. You know, he stops paying tribute to Assyria, and you pay a tri tribute to a, to a foreign kingdom because of what? It's kind of like your tax for being let, left alone. You, you give them money, they don't come and destroy you. It's a bribe. <laughs> Here you go, don't kill us. Uh, you know, and now the, when the army kind of shows up anyway, he decides, like, hey, we're going to pay, sorry. You know, they pay, guess what? They're coming anyway. Uh, and so kind of to teach him a lesson uh, <laughs> and a guy now Sennacherib I can I have really struggled with that one I was like trying to listen to the pronunciation uh, I always want to say Sennacherib uh, uh, but it's like Sennacherib uh, of Syria he attacks anyway and you know sort of taunts you know the the king they, they, they go up and they're speaking Hebrew uh, to, to kind of let everybody, let the whole city know what's going to happen, you know, speaking terror to them. And they're like, oh, speak to us in Arabic. And they're like, no, we're going to let all the people know. And, and they're sort of, they're, they're saying, oh, your God wants us to do this. And then they're, they're starting blaspheming. They're saying, whose God has ever stopped us? We're awesome. You, you can't do anything. We're going to destroy you. And, you know, Hezekiah, you know, he, he, he kind of stays. He prays. He gets this guy named Isaiah. Anyone heard of him? There's a big book named after him. Uh, you know, and, and so, you know, they pray, and you know, there's times in life where things are coming against you. Most of us are probably not going to be in a city besieged by a foreign army. You know, some of you have been. <laughs> but, but most of us on a daily basis aren't like, oh, man, I hope they don't, like, surround my development and attack. Uh, but in that moment, if, if they do, just call Chief Willie. He'll, he'll help you out. But if you're in, in Wyoming... If you're crossing over Cam, then you got to call, you know, anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, there, there's times when you, all you do is stand your ground, pray, and seek godly counsel. And, and that's what Hezekiah does. Now, what happens is, if you read 2 Kings 19, that night the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Uh, then the king took off went to his own land. And then he gets murdered. But, <laughs> you know, that was not the expected outcome, right? Like, like there, there was no other way that this could come out if God did something kind of big. That's a big thing. You just imagine you wake up, there's just dead people everywhere. They're just like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm out of here. <laughs> and so they take off. And the point is, is, you know, ultimately God is the one to trust because God can take even an insurmountable thing even something that's, that's too big for you to accomplish or to take care of, God can still overcome it. And, and so it's easy to picture this psalm being written in that kind of a time. It says, verse 8, Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes war to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored to, by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Selah. You know, be still and know that I am God. It's not just a call to a contemplative life. 
Uh, but but it's, it's a call to know that God is the victor, and we can trust him and his victory, even when we don't see it. You know, one day, all of us will stand before him, and we need to know who he is. It says, the Lord's heaven's armies here is here among us, the God of Israel, our fortress. And we can trust in God, ultimately, because he wins. It's uh, sometimes... Living through life is learning to say amen before the outcome is clear. Learning to trust in him when we don't know exactly what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Uh, it's so much of life is that. It, you, know, it's, you know, God can handle the worst of things. Can we learn to trust him in the middle of it? Um, you know, we get America because we're Americans, I think, do we have any Canadians among us? You know, they walk among us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, did you guys know what next week is? It's 4th of July. <laughs> and so everyone's selling fireworks, right? I mean, I was in Lowe's getting something. They were selling fireworks. So I'm like, fireworks and a really expensive wood. I don't know if this is a good combination, but they, they had it there. I mean, there's like, I was like, what is that tent doing in that middle of that field? I'm like, oh, they're selling fireworks. I remember the first time I walked into Sam's Club and they were selling fireworks. I'm like, what state am I in? I, you know, and so certain ones are legal here now. And now you're like, ooh, what do, we, what do we get to light off? But you can only light them off like 4th of July, New Year's, and Diwali, right? <laughs> Some of you don't even know what Diwali is. They had to throw, an, you know, another holiday in there. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I think America, we love our fireworks, right? I mean... Every night I'm hearing them, because it may only be legal on certain nights. Once you start selling them in the stores, they start going off in your neighborhood, right? And you're just hoping the grass isn't too dry, and you got that one neighbor who ain't too smart, who's shooting them your way. You're like, oh, anyone? Some of you are that neighbor. No. <laughs> um, anyway. I, I love, a couple years ago, I think it was like 2015-ish, uh, there was, did anybody remember Pyro Boy on America's Got Talent? It was the greatest thing ever. Uh, there was a guy, and uh, his name was Wally Glenn. He's a web developer, and they, he calls himself the human firecracker. And so he's a web developer by day. Mild-mannered web developer by day. Pyro boy by night. Where he straps fireworks onto himself and lights them. And um, it was funny because you know, up until that moment, I didn't realize that on America's Got Talent, you have one American... Uh, a Canadian, a German, and, uh, you know, someone from England. What are they? English people. I don't know. <laughs> British. Uh, oh, yeah, you should know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we got some British people here. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know, it's funny because, you know, Howie Mandel, who was like the Canadian, he's like, you should watch fireworks. You shouldn't wear fireworks. Uh, you know, Mel B, who is, you know, and, and Heidi Klum, they were both like, I'm confused. But what was the crowd doing, if you saw this one? Yeah, send them on. Because <laughs> it was awesome. Because it's one of those things that you can't explain to non-Americans very well. But it makes so much sense in America that you would strap fireworks to yourself and light them off. Now, only do so with, you know, correct supervision. And the guy knew what he was doing. He was, he was, a, he was a thinker. But... It's one of those things that, what, only an American would do, right? You get it because you're an American. Punkin' chunkin'. 
Like, we, we are in the home state, they, you know, if you're watching online, we are where they invented pumpkin chunking, which is, let's take a pumpkin, it started off in a backyard, who can throw a pumpkin the furthest? And then it's like, hey, who can build a machine that can put, and then it's like all kinds of contraptions and cannons, and if you've ever been, I don't even, do they still have it? They had, to, they had to move it because Delaware is such a small state, we're shooting pumpkins over into Maryland and New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know, there were some complications, but, but you know, only in America would something like pumpkin chunk it, and we had the world championship, because once Delaware started chunking the pumpkin, everyone else starts chunking the pumpkin. And, you know, <laughs> and I've told you guys a story. I was, I was one time, I was, we were at the beach, and I had a friend from, uh, she was from Venezuela, and we had a potato gun, so it was like a small pumpkin chunkin', and we were like, launching potatoes out into the bay and she's like why and I was like explain I was trying to explain what was wrong with the ignition module and the thing and she's like no 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 why and I'm like well I, it's not getting the spark and you know she's like no why are you shooting potatoes into the and I'm like I just never been asked that because it's possible like because we're Americans and you know I'm Irish <laughs> take these potatoes back you know why and it's like there's certain things right you only get if you're apparently from Delaware or here uh, from America, because there's things we get because we're citizens, right? Uh, you can become a citizen, but you may still not get it. Some things only make sense in America. And here's it. Some things only make sense when you're living a life of faith. It doesn't make sense in the face of adversity to have peace. It doesn't make sense when hard things are coming at you to have calm. But, but we can, because our citizenship is ultimately in heaven. Philippians 3.20 says, But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. And so if you're a believer and a follower of Jesus, you, you have citizenship in a different nation. You, you have citizenship in heaven. And, and then we, we begin to understand life in a different way. There's times where your neighbors aren't going to understand you. You know what? They're not going to understand you because you're an alien and a stranger. <laughs> Steal the first Peter language we went through. You, you know, because some of you are stranger than others. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because when, when, when you're living a life of faith, we can have trust in God despite the outside circumstances, despite the things that are coming against us. And, and we can trust in him. And, and lots of things, you know, not, lots of things can chip away at your benefits as a citizen right? But nothing can chip away from the eternal benefits of belonging to Christ. We can trust Jesus. He will be our refuge and our strength. He will, he will be always ready to help in times of trouble. Galatians 4 says this, starting in verse 5, but God sent him, Jesus, to buy freedom for us who are slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. You know, he's come to buy our freedom. You know, price had to be paid. There's this perfect life and this sacrifice so that all the sins and the junk that I do and have done are forgiven. It was, it was a debt I couldn't pay, he pays, so that I can have this relationship, and then we're adopted. You know, Jesus was the son in, in the heir, but he came so that we can be the children and heirs, so, so that we're adopted into this new family, and, you know, we cry out, Abba. Now, some of you are thinking Dancing Queen, uh, <laughs> not a Swedish band, but, but the, the term is, 
you know, th this intimate name, your daddy. It's like daddy. Now, it would be weird if any of y'all call me daddy. Right? We ain't got that relationship. Just letting you know now. If you call me that, I will not answer. <laughs> now, there's two people here who can call me that, right? Because they're my children. It's a, it's a different relationship. Now, they're older. They rarely use it unless they want something. Uh, <laughs> you know, my kids call me that because you know, they can call me that because they're mine. <laughs> you know, and, and the truth is we just had Father's Day. It's sort of a struggle with the idea of God as Father because we had a less than perfect father. You know, we, maybe we had a less than perfect relation, distant, absent, abusive. It could be a barrier, but, but God is so much more than even your earthly father could be, even if you had a great father. <laughs> he, he's, this, he's this loving person. He's this loving God. You know, I love my kids. I would take a bullet for them, which is easy, right? Like, poof, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> it's harder sometimes to live and order and structure our lives around them in, in a way that's good for them, though. Taking a bullet's easy. Getting up every day and doing the right thing and ordering things, that's a little harder. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I love my kids. Um, now, we are not helicopter parents, which means we occasionally let our kids do stupid things within reason. Like, we're not going to let them, you know, here's an AR-15 and some gasoline, have fun, it's 4th of July. We're not that parent. Uh, but, you know, you, you let your kids fail sometimes in some ways. You let them, you know, we're not the helicopter parents that, I, I've heard they, Parents actually show up at job interviews after college. I'm thinking you're not getting that job if you're, you know, <laughs> if you got through college and you're applying to be an accountant somewhere, you don't need dad. <laughs> you know, you to, you to, but you let your kids go through some things sometimes for their own benefit, right? Sometimes they have teachers that don't like them. You know, you can step in and fix it or you can teach them to deal with a teacher that doesn't like you. You know, and sometimes they have bosses that, you know, maybe aren't the best, or coaches, thing, all these, and you don't, like, extract them from that, right? You let them go through some hard things because, what? They got to learn. Life is sometimes hard. And so God loves his children. God cares for you, wants a relationship with you. And if you're adopted, you know, you know God, God's got your picture on his phone. You know, if he, he doesn't really have a phone, you know, you know, or if some of you are older, guys, picture in your in the wallet or on your fridge. You know, God, God, God has this love for you, but it doesn't mean that God stops everything that's going to happen because sometimes God will protect us in times of trouble, and but He lets us go through hard things because ultimately it's better for us. And sometimes God delivers you from hard things. Sometimes God He delivers you through hard things. Romans eight twenty eight says this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And, and you know, God will work for good even when we don't understand. Now, kind of skipping ahead to the book of Acts, and there's this, you know, Paul and Silas, they're in prison. And some of you know the story. They're locked up, and so they're sitting there, you know, on the bars, and they're scraping the cup back and forth. Nobody knows the trouble. <laughs> Is that what they're doing? I don't know where we get that image. Like, that's, I got that from, like, cartoons as a kid. There's probably some movie reference that I don't, somebody tell me where we get. Anyway, that's not, that's not what they're doing, right? What are they doing? They're shackled up. They're not complaining about how much their ankles are chafing, because, you know, I'd, I'd be chafing, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, but they're not, they're not complaining about that. What are they doing? They're singing hymns. They're praising God. And if you know the story, you know, boom, 
they can get out. And the jailer's like, oh no, everyone escaped. And like Paul's like, nah, we just chilling here, man. <laughs> you know, and then he comes in, you know, you know, Paul preaches the gospel, the jailer and his whole family are saved. And so God uses hard circumstances to do good things. He didn't stop Paul from being in hard circumstances. And if you read the, the book of Acts, Paul went through some tough stuff. But he did some amazing things for God. And ultimately, his hope was in Christ, in God. He is our strength. He is our refuge. You know, ultimately, the worst thing that can happen to you through any circumstance is what? Death. You can't get much worse than that. <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing. As a Christian, that's the best thing. Because ultimately, we know where we're going. If you have a relationship with Christ, if you know God personally, you know, we, we have this hope for a new and eternal life. I try not to talk about the tornado every week, but, you know, it, it was sort of a traumatic event in our lives. Uh, we got hit by a tornado, and it really makes you think about things. Like, um, I, you know, people kind of come over, and I still, even Christians, believers, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, sorry you have to go through this. I'm like, yeah, it's tough. But fortunately, I had friends. A lot of you show up, right? It's, it's hard, but it's like, you know, we have people show up. We have chainsaws. I was exhausted. I mean, I, I just, we would work from sunup to sundown and just collapse and wake up and do that again. The only day I took off was Sunday because, you know, because I'm a Sabbatarian and I'm just tired. No, <laughs> I, I needed that day off. You know, it's, you, you never really understand Sabbath, you're exhausted. But, uh, you know, it was, it was horrible. And a couple of people were just like, you know, how are you dealing with that? I'm like, it's just stuff. Like, it's not the ultimate purpose in life. My purpose in life is, you know, to, to live a godly life, to, to raise godly kids, to do, to do his will. And ultimately, you could take my stuff, you could take me, right? Because my hope is not in those things. My hope is in God. And at some point, I might go through something hard that takes me out. It's all good. <laughs> uh, you know, God is our refuge and strength. You know, it doesn't matter. When school is hard and the test is coming, for those of you in school, guess what? God is our refuge and our strength. When you get downsized at work, God is our refuge and strength. When your kids go the wrong way, God is our refuge and strength. When your spouse goes the other direction, God is our refuge and our strength. And, and ultimately know that Jesus goes to the cross for us. He takes the hardest thing on himself and pays a debt we couldn't, and we have new life when we put our faith and trust in him. You, uh, you know, you may not see the good beyond the trouble, but look for the God who is beyond the trouble. You know, Daniel, uh, there's, a, there's a story, you know, if you, if you watch Veggie Tales, you call them Rack Shack and Benny. Uh, but, you know, there's, they, get, they, they, they won't worship uh, an idol. They get thrown into the furnace. You can, you can read this in Daniel 3, I believe it is. And, and, you know, it's so hot that the guards who throw them in burn. And I think of this every time I load the wood stove in the winter because, you know, it gets hot, you know. Sometimes my hair burns off on the top, and that's what I'm using as my excuse. <laughs> I, can, I can smell something. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, oh, that's my hair. Great. But that's, that's how hot the fire gets. And you can imagine how hot this thing goes, that it, like the people putting them in there die. I, and, and they say before they go in, it says, and it, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Rakshak, and Benny say, oh, oh, King Nebi, 
because Nebuchadnezzar is hard to say too. We do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, and, and some translations say, but if not, uh, you know, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods and or worship the gold statue you've set up. Uh, and so they, they throw him in, and the guards die, and they kind of look out, and there's, there's the three people, they see someone else in there. And they're like, what? And then, you know, the, the king goes up, calls them out. They come out. The three of them come out. It says they don't even smell like smoke. Like, that's a, yeah, I don't, that's interesting. <laughs> but here's the thing. God who stands in the furnace with Rakshak and Benny will stand with you. So you may go through hard times, but ultimately God is with you. He may even use those things to call you home at some point. But if not, and if not, but ultimately we still trust in him. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, you haven't ever stopped for a moment and trusted God. It's as simple as we, we, we say ABC. You know, you want to get on the right path? Admit you're a sinner. You, you, you believe that, that Jesus died for your sins, and then you commit to following him. And, and if you want to know more about what that is, we'd love to talk to you. Reach out to us online. Reach out to us in person. Because ultimately, when we trust in Jesus, he will be our strength, our refuge, and our strength. He will be always ready to help in times of trouble.